mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today, my guest is Nadine Velasquez. I had the pleasure of working with Nadine for many years on My Name is Earl. She's here to talk about her own physical journey and share her experience with us. You can find Nadine on Instagram at Nadine Velasquez. Nadine Velasquez. There you go. <laughs> Welcome to American Glutton Podcast. Well, I want to know what your experiences have been in Hollywood with food. <laughs> I'm laughing because right before this, Sulai and I were looking in the mirror and I was like, how much bigger am I than you? <laughs> Look at my thighs compared to yours. Did, were you really? Yeah, we were. Uh, that would not be something I would look at and even notice. Are they bigger than They're bigger, Sulai's? much bigger. My waist too and my ass. Okay. Like a lot bigger. But let me ask you this. I feel like those things you said are now on trend, as my 14-year-old would say? Yeah. On trend. I'm saying it right? I, I think so. So then, then... Sounds right. So then, okay, what's the difference between now and when you first started? I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to put a date on you, but we worked together 15 years ago. Right. And, and I it, was 105 pounds. So that's what I'm saying. At that, at that time, these new attributes you're talking about were not on trend. I'm trying to have new attributes i just happened to start dating black men and they like i my body naturally became thicker and is that i'm true? so not lying is that true that is like such a wrong thing to say i'm sure but no it's a hundred percent sure i'm a hundred percent serious wow but also okay there were other things going on okay so what time. else was going on but i think i think so a few things i'm gonna tell you because okay. i talked to my therapist about this okay i'm like i'm so thick and I've never been in my entire life. And how do you feel being thick? So she said, well, you've gained weight because there's more weight on you as a person energetically. You know, she was like, from the time that you came in to the person that you are now, you're carrying yourself more. And she's like, and that naturally starts to happen for women, especially like when they start to own their power more. Right. So I was like, but I was also starting to own my power and at Somehow, cosmically, I started dating black men, which I had not dated since my early 20s. Um, and I was seeing one in particular, and we were having tons of sex. And I felt beautiful. I felt really, I mean, I still do now, but <laughs> I was just really coming into my body. Right. At the same time, I was simultaneously doing my self-work on myself, on you know my issues. So you weren't going like, this guy wants me to look a certain no. way, and I'm going to look a no, certain way. No, he was like, he hit the jackpot. He's like, what? Right. I started off this way, and then I 
and transformed you, into really voluptuous Latina. But it wasn't it wasn't a thought out thing. It wasn't like you were in it's the gym doing out. squats. Nothing. Right. I didn't think about it at all. So I'm not on. That's why I say I'm not, not on, on trend, trend. Okay. But it happens to yeah, be. But I, I don't mean to denigrate your. <laughs> I don't mean to pigeonhole you okay. physically with using the words on trend, but all I mean is when we first met each other, right. do you think that if you were, in your words, thick, mm -hmm. that is a word you use. Okay, then I, I got it. I attribute that <laughs> word to you. Do you think it would have been as well received then as it is now? Hmm. You know, the first, I can't compare, but the first season I was a lot, th a lot heavier. Really? Yeah. Well, the pilot, I was a lot heavier. Yeah. The first season I was a lot heavier than the rest of the seasons. I was stick. Remember, I got really skinny. I don't, I, I don't fine. remember You were even looking at me. All, Great. Listen, all I, <laughs> I was remember, fucking Catalina. All, all right? I remember Stripper is how much Club weight Chubby. I gained. I, I did nothing but gain weight through the show. That's all I was aware of. I don't remember that. I thought oh you were big, way bigger God. in the pilot than you were in anything else. No, no? way. Watch, watch the pilot versus the last episode. I've put on almost <gasps> 100 pounds. Wow. Yeah. I did not notice that. So the last thing I was aware of is that you lost weight. Sorry. I just didn't know, but that's amazing. Oh yeah, I, I was. I don't know if it's amazing. That's what I want to talk okay, about. Okay, yeah. So I want to hear this. Was it? Was there right. pressure to do that? It wasn't. Okay, so here's what I noticed. Because I didn't look at what was happening until I was, for example, in therapy, seeing how I had been living my life in the past ten years or whatever, and then just thinking of my patterns, I realized that I had become skinny, but I wasn't thinking about it like that. I wasn't like, oh, I'm dieting. It was more of working out just way too much, right? And then I tend to think of things as also being mental, right? Like, so when my therapist said that you just are more powerful in your body, that totally resonated with me because I tend to think like we cre also can create our bodies, right? Through our minds, of course. not just through working out, but also how you're seeing yourself. Like if I think of myself as beautiful, I'm going to exude a certain energy than if I not, and people are going to receive it, you know, accordingly. So at that time I was just really depressed. So my, my, my early years were my darkest years in Hollywood and I did turn against myself, but not my body per se. It was more like I felt inadequate. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I didn't understand while I was on the show and everybody had experience and not me. Um, just really my self-esteem was shit. So I took it out on myself. I, I think I just didn't feel like a person. So I was also very skinny. You know what I mean? Like almost like I'm disappearing. So was it like you had these feelings, you're now on a show. So like the the thing you felt you could control was that. So suddenly you're. I mean, I was really I was working out, but I wasn't connected with my body working out. But I was just doing it to do it. Right. And also, I had seen from the pilot to the first second, no, the first all of first season when I would watch myself, I didn't like what I saw. I was just like, "Ew, that's what I look like." Oh my god, that's my nose. That's my hair. Those are my le like. I was just nitpicking myself so much. And felt like I needed to look like what was on trend at the time, right? Which was Very lighter thin. hair. All the Latinas tended to ha tended to have lighter hair. So then, I remember, I lightened my hair. Yeah, like I just started to look at what I didn't look like, right? And somehow becoming more like that thing, right? So when I look back now, I'm like, ooh, like that was not me. That was something else. And now you feel comfortable yes. in you. 100%. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And through no no reasoned or rational intention, you're just like happy with yourself. So I do want to trim up. Now I do because some things are like really like moving around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like now I feel my inner thighs. I'm like, oh, that's different. Um, I like the jiggle in my ass. I like my breasts swaying back and forth. Like, I really like feeling like a woman's bot having a woman's body. I yeah. feel, I feel 
the heaviness makes me feel more grounded. Yeah. Um, and but I do want to work out, and I'm afraid of losing the parts that I like. Right. So I've been battling that a little bit. Like I have a Peloton, and I hired a, P- a Pilates instructor, and now I got food delivery. You know, so that I could lose some weight. But I'm also eating in between because I'm like, I don't know if I want to get rid of. Like I know that I'll thin out. Yeah. If I do all of these things. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I, but I wonder if we go back to the, the what you were talking about with um, the feelings of insecurity and how, like, off, obviously what you were talking about, you would look at something like, I can't even to this day watch anything I've done. Really? Because I I am so hypercritical of myself yeah. that I just think it's, I know, like, that's, right. a, that's a no-no. So I don't do that because... I can't change that. It's done. It's yeah. been shot. And any of those critical thoughts, like a rational person could be hypercritical and use that to fix it. Right. And I won't use it. I'll just use it to beat myself up. Yeah. Well, you know that. And yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm saying like using that and then having the one thing we can control, because if there's like some insecurity that's like broader, like I look at your nose. I think you have a great nose. So I can't imagine you looking at your nose right. and going, I don't like my nose. Yes. But like, what, what are you, what are the options there? Surgery or right. some major thing, yes. which, which seems like a real drag or like, I which can, was an option. I mean, right. I, I can't tell you how many times I sat in front of a rhinoplastic surgeon and said, I wanted to change my nose. And he's really? like, you don't have to ch- thank God. <laughs> I got the angels in Hollywood who said no. I mean, I'm looking at your nose. It looks pretty symmetrical. Like, I, don't, I know. Now I, don't I have know. a great I nose. Don't know like, what I'm you totally would cool change. with my nose now. Like, I'm so thankful that I didn't fuck my nose up. Right. But how many girls are here, they're 20 years old, who are already beautiful and fucked their nose up? Yeah. And, so many. And And then I'm wondering if all those feelings of insecurity... The easiest kind of avenue to kind of express those is through withholding food from yourself and making yourself output more energy than you're taking in by, by like compulsive exercise. Right. And like, what does that do to you mentally? Like, what does that feel like? Which part? Looking at something that you said you then felt super insecure. What am I doing here? Which I think most actors feel at at certain times like i always feel like i'm on the verge of being fired really i tend to feel that amazing i love hearing this because yes i think you're the most phenomenal actor so like i still am like is today the day that i get fired like why am i here this is weird and you know everybody like you were the you were you were Earl's favorite. Anytime the crew would be together talking or the executives or whatever, it was always like, Ethan's so funny. He's so good. He's such a great guy. Like, you're the star. But I. On but behind the scenes. That's irrelevant. Jason was, you know, NBC. The combination wasn't doing of you. No, I'm saying the combination of your acting and who you are as a person. Like, that's what people talk about. That's very nice of you to say, Nadine. I'm I'm not saying I'm, it to be nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you. Like, but I'm, but I'm just saying, like, we all have these feelings. And then, and then we're left with, like, the, the last thing we can be in control of is kind of how we look. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And what, and, and that, I think that expresses itself differently in women than it does in men typically. And obviously you can pick certain guys who look a certain way and you can tell they put a shitload of effort into how they exactly. look. Exactly. And you're like, okay, that guy's got whatever he's got going on. Right. Um, which I might start to tend to fall into that category at some point. Fine. You know, okay, whatever. This is what, this is my fucking mental illness path to go down. Uh, but do you find that to be – do you think that that is a a common th- theme in in Hollywood? Of course. It is, right? I would say. I mean, you're looking at your – I mean, I, I don't know which girl doesn't – I can't speak for all girls – would not look at themselves and be critical, you know what I mean, of 
it's plus you're seeing yourself in ways you don't even see yourself in the mirror. You know, right? It's a different perspective altogether. Right. It's um, almost unrecognizable. It's almost unrecognizable. Yeah, like. It's weird. Yeah. Because we can't see ourselves, right? Unless we have a reflection. Oh, my God. And then our voices sound different. Everything is a strange experience to experience yourself on camera. Yeah. Well, and you're playing a character. So you're not being yourself, right? If you're doing it well, you're being this other person. So I I don't know what, I I know what you're saying. That must be so strange to see. I mean, it is you. Yeah. But you're someone else in that moment. Yeah, I can't imagine. I didn't even really watch all of the fourth season. I think I had gotten progressively worse. Like, by by the fourth season, I was gone, I feel. You mean as an actress, you got pro- progressively worse? Yeah, no, as a what was happening to me, the trauma that I was experiencing. Got it. Got progressively worse. Right. So, I didn't even, I didn't even, I couldn't even look at anything. Yeah, I, just, I couldn't look at anything anyway, because it would just be really painful i you know i didn't let my kids watch it and i've come home a couple of times in the last year or maybe a year ago to my kids watching my name is earl and i've been utterly horrified like what the hell are you guys watching Mm -hmm. what it how dare you really not quite that extreme but like a version of that do you go turn it off no i just leave the room quickly and i'm like it's weird that you guys are watching this wow it's that bad for you yeah. Okay, I saw... Sorry, go ahead. No, no. No, me. no, no, go ahead. No, that's all. No, I want to hear your feelings. <laughs> no, that's all my That's all my feelings. I, I suspect that this is worse for women than it is for men. And I can relate, but I was, a, I was again, a different case where yeah. I had, like, extreme body issues anyways. Yeah. But I think I perceive this to be, you know, I hang around with my male friends... And I rarely hear about them having any complaints about their bodies. Uh-huh. And yet having a wife and daughters, I hear almost a constant complaint about physical stuff where I'm like, is that really an issue, guys? Mm. I don't think it's an issue. Yeah, but you're a dad or you, you're not you're not impartial or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm. that's my soapbox. What I were you going to say? Uh, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, I saw. Oh, I saw. I think uh, uh, the first season of Earl recently. Uh-huh. Yes, because you had seen it. Um, you had, never mind. No. Anyway, I had, se- I had seen the first season of Earl recently because I was showing a girlfriend of mine, a-, a group of friends of mine who have known me forever and have never actually, they're not TV watchers. Yeah. And I was like, here's an education about your friend needing. Right. You know, turn it on. And we were watching it, and I just, I was like, what the fuck was wrong with me? Like, so sad. I was just fine. You My acting was just great. great. I was great. funny. It was cute. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. And tortured myself. And the show's great. Show's great. Like, it's an amazing show. That first season was everything. That's what I've been told. Yeah. I was like, this is, a, like, we were part of magic. I know you were great, and I know, and I can't believe that you, between either the pilot in the first season or the first season in the second, would ever have the thought that you needed to go on a diet is startling to me. Or just change everything, like not just a diet. Right. Yeah. Just change myself, change that person. And But it wasn't, the, but you weren't, there was no pressure to do that. No, it was all psychological. Like, no one told me to do that. No agent said, hey, you're putting on a little weight. Like, I didn't get any of that. Right. My husband didn't complain. If anything, they compl- com- he complained that I was too skinny. Um, yeah, there was no real issue. And so, and so you've gone through therapy and you now are much happier with yourself. But what is that transition like? Like, it's not, I can't imagine that's an overnight thing. No. So what, what's the progression to that? Um, like anything, when you, you know, you hit a certain point and you're like, I can't fucking do this anymore. This is, uh, this, I'm going to die, either die or I don't want to live a tortured existence. So, and like everything, you just fix one thing and you realize you're tortured about something else, you know, but you get better at you, how quickly you address things. And so that was one of those things where it was like, it was my first time really addressing an issue in my life. You know, it was like how I felt about my appearance was huge. 
that I literally thought I was fucking dog ugly. It makes me sad to say it. From when? This was just a thing you had, you dealt with, that feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know, from being a little girl or whatever. And then feeling like that's a narcissistic thing to think about yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you should have any opinion, you know, like about your appearance, really, right, in the world of... That's one thing that we hear someone talking about themselves. We we have a judgment about it. Um, but it was a disease because it kept me from showing myself. It kept me from really going as far as I could with my gifts, my talents. You know what I mean? I was yeah. always petrified to like be in front of people or really show myself or take a risk because of how I was going to be, how I was going to look or how, how awkward did I look. Oh, all the time, Ethan. It was horrible. It was horrible. I mean, that is just, I mean, that's astonishing to yeah. me. Um, yeah. It's its such a reminder that sometimes, first of all, people around you have no idea what you're going through, right. you know, and what you think of yourself and what you're dealing with. And it's also just I mean, I, I've looked at you forever and just thought, what a beautiful, talented, funny, because I, of course, watched Earl. Like, I just couldn't imagine that you would think that. And, yeah. you know, none of us know what anybody else is going through at any given time, you know? Never. Do you think that you weren't teased about your looks as a kid? I mean, there's it totally comes from when I was a kid. Okay. I was... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Horribly judged for my appearance. Growing, growing up in a Latin family, I'm the darker one, so you were in the oven longer. And everyone has their way of receiving that information. I happened to be super sensitive as a kid, and I took it as I'm unworthy of love. I annoy you. If I'm here too long, you won't love me. You won't like me. If I talk too much, if I like act a certain way or just like, I don't know what the obsession was with my face, but I felt like I had a face that nobody liked. You know what I mean? Like that's the belief that I had. My nose was pointy. It wasn't rounder like Latinas. It wasn't like J-Lo has a more rounded small nose. Oh like that's the look that people like gravitate to more. My, mine, I have heavy eyelids and a heavy eyebrow. It's like more I'm standoffish. Trying, I'm trying to see these <laughs> I know. I'm really looking for them now. I have a square jaw. It's not soft. It's not ladylike. It's like heavier. It's like more aggressive. <laughs> like, Fucking wish I was having an aggressive jaw. <laughs> like... This is what I obsessed about and and told myself wasn't. So I, I got that one as a, as a kid because my sister was a bully. Love her now today. We're fine. But at the time, it felt like she was my reflection and everything I did. I was too skinny. I was I had a chicken toe because my fucking pinky toe grew like my grandmother's, which was a little like 
harder than the other nails. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it had more calcium in it. <laughs> so she was like, oh, chicken toe. And I was like, oh, I have chicken toes. And she'd be like, like, when is this I'd wake the sister up- that I know? <laughs> no, not that one. Okay. Another one. I'd wake up in the morning and puffy under eyes. So I was like teased for having a puffy face in the morning. Um, my hair wasn't as pretty as hers. So it was like frizzy and you got the ugly frizzy curl as opposed to the beautiful, long, spirally curl, you know? <laughs> all I'm hearing is how fucking brutal kids are. Yeah, we're, as kids, we're, all, we're awful. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You know, like at the time I was super skinny, but the more Latinas are more curvaceous. And my mom would obsess over those girls. Oh, my God, look at Marina's hair. It's so beautiful. Oh, my God, look at her hips or look at her. Like everything was better than. And we're talking about little kids at this point. Yeah, little to teenagers. You know what I mean? Like in my in my family was a big deal. Yeah. Appearances were a huge deal. Right. My mom is really beautiful. So she was like bit on top of that with her her looks you know what i mean it was like all the importance was on how you look yeah i wonder if we're still dealing with certain cultural things where and i and i think this can be applicable to any culture where it's like especially with daughters where i've never had this thought once but maybe i jumped the gap or you know yeah where you're like gotta marry off my daughters like that's the impulse you have you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i can totally see that a couple generations ago how that was a real thought of like i don't have sons i have daughters how am i going to find them husbands so suddenly these kind of materialistic aesthetic things are a factor in that right that's true and i always think of like the reverse of like truly beautiful people don't have to work as hard because I think like they're kind of catered to. So if you, I can picture in a family, a hierarchy of daughters where it's like the really pretty one or the one that, you know, and by the way, these are all fucking completely subjective arbitraries. Like the one daughter that I think is going to be easiest to marry off doesn't have to work. Or right, is right. just going to get complimented. Right. You other girls who we're going to have to work to find you husbands, let's like make life a little tougher for you. You know what I mean? That is, I think that's a fact. I think like that's what I'm hearing. I don't know if it's a fact, but I, I think like that's the kind of cultural anthropological rationale that yeah. I come up with without just saying, well, some mothers are jerks and right, right, some right. siblings are jerks. Right. I don't want to do that. I want to rationalize it too. No, it could be a generational passing along of for survival. Right. And exactly. Exactly. And yeah. so like I, I decide that you have the aesthetics that will be the easiest to marry off. Therefore, We are going to take care of you and make sure we keep those aesthetics going and the rest of you will work (laughs) and we will tell you that you're not as pretty as her or whatever it is. Oh, that hurts my heart. Um, That reminds me of like, well, just Cinderella I was thinking about, but Cinderella's sisters, remember her stepsisters were really ugly and it was had to work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it it was weird because you had that situation where the mother was like, I don't want to marry this one off. I need to worry about my two, right. my two biological kids. Right. Um, she but was, they still worked in the cartoon in the background. The biological ones? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not I as hard, so. though. Not as hard? I mean, Maybe Cinderella I was mean. always covered in soot and You're right. They made with her rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other ones. So it didn't work out. It wasn't purely aesthetics, but it was like a biological bent towards right. my offspring will be married off. I'm going to put my effort into them and cater to them. And this little pretty duckling who's not my offspring. Who's not mine. She's going to work. She's gonna, she can She's going to do what my daughters yeah. should be doing. Yeah. Right? Instead, I have to yeah. save their lives. Exactly. No, but it reminds me of Latin culture in general. There is a huge importance on how you look. You know, you've got a beauty is 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 adored it's 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 celebrated um 
the pageants are a big deal that, you know, when you get to Miss Universe, you always want to see Miss Colombia. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how does Miss Colombia look? And Miss Colombia is going to be hotter than all the Latin, you know, all the other Latin cultures or, or uh, countries. So there could be something about marriage there. You know, if you look the most beautiful, then you're going to ma- marry the wealthiest guy. Right. Um, and then your family will be won't be peasants or something. I don't know. Isn't it weird how culture can can influence us in in these ways that we don't even think about? It just winds up being a sister teasing you because the mom compliments one thing instead of the other. And I'm sure your mom was not thinking like no. I'm going to hurt Nadine. Oh my feelings. god, not at all. Right. No. Is there a thing that you can spot? That allowed you to change your mind or allowed you to kind of like just ease up on yourself? Like a moment? A moment or a, a formula or anything. What What was the self-discovery that kind of allowed you to go like... Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't, oh, I don't like what I'm seeing in the mirror. It wasn't that. Right. That came later as a self, you know, discovery. Mm-hmm. What I went in for was I had just had another relationship that had failed I had gotten fired off of a movie with David Ayer um, because I didn't want to show up for work. We had rehearsals for um, physical training and all of that for about a month and a half. He's very, like, strict about his movies and how you prepare for them. And he creates a wonderful set of all the cast members working out together, working out their characters together. It's like kind of coming into an office just for artists. That's cool. Right? It's really cool. At the time, it wasn't cool to me because my mind was just so in the trauma of this breakup. And then that's when I found out that I had like addiction, relationship addictions. And I literally couldn't function. It was so hard to get out of the bed. It was so hard to get to work. And then it was physical stuff. So it was like hard to pay attention to the moves because there was martial arts moves. And then do that again. Like everything hurt. And... I just didn't come to one of the rehearsals for like two days in a row. And they're like, you can't do that. Like you're on a movie, even though we haven't started set, you still have to come for your physical trainings. And my attitude was like, I can't, I'm just having a hard time doing that. Um, And I didn't know that I needed help. I just knew that I couldn't show up. You know, it was like, I, I don't know what to say. And so um, a friend of mine had basically gone through similar, who was in a healthier place and did the 12 step program and all of that. Um, for Slaw said that I had the same patterns that she had had. And when her life was destructive and, um, she was fucking things up and all of that. And I was like, I, that sounds like me. So I went and then I got a therapist in the same, you know, with the same practice and, I just, whoa, all the stuff that I've discovered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you, and, and through that, you become comfortable with yourself. Yes. I've become comfortable in my body. I think that's the biggest, the biggest hurdle for anyone to make. Like, I'm not really comfortable in my body. Mm. And I, I am like envious of people like, um, Lizzo, who are comfortable in their right, body, right, right, you know, right. just like here, here I am happy and comfortable. And I think there is probably something to like the idea of fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. You can pretend to be happy and then maybe eventually attain happiness. Yeah. And you can kind of like go. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Have some. It's mantra. hard though, right? To even pretend to be happy. Sure. And sustain that because that really is being happy. Right. It takes effort. <laughs> it takes a lot of yeah, effort. Yeah, it's a mindset. Yeah. And it's talking yourself sometimes into it every day. Yeah. Right. And deciding every morning, okay. And every moment mm-hmm. if yeah. you're going to be happy or not. Yeah. And did you? was that part of it for you? The happy part? The, the like... Moment to moment, the idea? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of, you know, really the, the foundation of changing anything is you have to be so unhappy with your current circumstance, right? That's the biggest motivator for change. Um, and so I, I've had gotten to that point. And so I, ha- I thankfully have a therapist. I still see the same therapist, um, which is exciting because now we talk about great things, not all the time, but like how much 
stronger my mind is as a result of really addressing the fact that I couldn't put myself together, that I really couldn't pay. It couldn't even pay my bills sometimes. I had the money. I just couldn't fucking send the thing and pay it on time. Like literally my life, I had gotten to a point where my life really was out of control yeah. and I had no power over it. And and I was obsessed with my mind, like in my head all the time and not being able to be present with someone um, or not be in the future or so much in the past. Um, that came from recognizing that there were all, there were just thoughts in my head and that I could talk to my thoughts and I could tell my thoughts something else. You know what I mean? Sure. And that as soon as I gained confidence in making some, some smaller changes and you want to apply it to bigger things. And I'm always in a dialogue with myself, like constantly, there's no way that I would say, oh, I'm healed. No chance. I'm better. I'm definitely not healed. And, but I have those conversations in my head and i do get really excited when I hear them, you know, like even this morning I had a, a moment, my emotions have been really like out of control. And, you know, when your nervous system gets hit like that, it's hard to think that you're going to feel better. Right. And so it's been a few consecutive days where I've just kind of been in this like lower vibrational feeling. And this morning I was just like, I laid down on the bed cause I wasn't able to like, just get up, do get tea and have breakfast and like other things that I could do on regular days. Um, and I was like, well, who's, who's this? Like, who's not feeling well? And it's like, oh, my 13 year old, right? Cause I had sexual abuse trauma in my past too. So she's not feeling well. Why isn't she feeling well? She doesn't feel this, this, and this. And like, like literally being with yourself and asking yourself those questions because that part of you is acting out. So whether you want to acknowledge it or not, it's like, it's controlling your life. So the way to heal it is to look at it, talk to it. You know, what does it need? What does it want? And I don't always know what it needs, but I'm having to be more compassionate to myself during those moments. So it's like, I literally went like this to my head. It's okay. I love you. You can stay here a little longer, but we're going to have to get ready. Like, and it's like, and then I'm like in my head, if I can tell myself that, if I can be a mom in my own mind to myself, my hurting self, then I can also be able to get up and do what I need to do. Yeah. You know, I can also be the mom in my life. Right. And operate from the mom mentality. I think there really is something to um, examining thoughts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at some point you get into it and you're like, this, this is not real. You know what I mean? I can, can I can be greater than this thought, and I can I can allow it. I can not fight it, but then I can also like eventually move it out of the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really powerful. Just knowing that is yeah. a really powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've. That's how I've been able to move from there to where I am. Yeah, and really from just showing up in uncomfortable situations where I will get into my head or your face is this and be like, it's not though. Like I'm actually okay. Right. Yeah. I, I, I take a <laughs> topless picture of myself every day <laughs> and just to go like, this is what I look like today. That's cool. And every day I'm disappointed. Mm. And then I have to go like, what is that disappointment? Like, let's examine that. That's eh, total bullshit because I can also, like, if I work through that and push through that, I can go, like, well, here's a bunch of stuff to be proud of. Or, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Here's evidence of accomplishments, too. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, like, a thought is not as real as this table, you know, mm -hmm. and by the way, this table might be a, a shelter to somebody. So how real is it as a table, too? It's not absolutely a but table. But do you really do you really believe that, that a thought is not as real as a table? Or are you just saying that I'm in saying, physical terms? I'm saying in physical terms, right. the thought, while it can control us, we can also we can also be aware of what it is as a we can give it as much power right. or take as much power from it as we want because at the end of the day, it is our thought. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like this is Kevin Connolly's table. Right. And we're using it as a table right now. 
but somebody else could use it as a shelter. Yes, or exactly. Push it up against the door for a barricade. Exactly. And it could not be a table at all for them. Right. So what is it at the end of the day? Mm. I love that you have that you have come and I feel actually kind of bad in putting it in terms of like on trend because I think it is personal growth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like to have to have the experience, and by the way, you're at a much better place in your career, certainly, yeah. than doing My Name is Earl. You're selling shows and yeah. doing, like, that's hot shit time, yeah. you know? Yeah. I hope you're patting yourself on the I back am. about that. Do you think that that came because? Yeah, it must have, right? 100%. Yeah. I would not have been able to do that. Oh, my God, no. I remember, because Will Smith is executive producing, and when we embarked on it, he was like... It's going to be a process. And he's like, and people will change what you say, you know, what you say, and they'll want to make it this way, and they'll want to do it that way, and they'll disagree, and they'll, you're going to come up with some challenges. And he's like, but as long as you know that, and tomorrow's a new day, you just push and do the next day. And I, and I thought to myself, I'm equipped for this, finally. You know what I mean? Like... I can recognize that if I'm having a trigger or an emotional experience that will stop me from getting this done, that it's going to pass, right? And tomorrow will be another day. Like, I don't have to sabotage my life because I'm having an episode, an emotional episode today, or sabotage even the next 20 minutes. I can literally change my mind about it. Right. So it was a really smooth process. Wow. Like, he was like, go write this, and I will produce this. And I was like, I've never finished anything I've started. Never. And I just imagine that there there are quite a few people out there who not only are working against themselves, but then taking all of the external noise, and that's then... Stuff that they're also factoring in to kind of divert them from their purpose. Right. And it's got to be hard. I mean, I'm, I, I bet that's why there's so many talented people out there that aren't getting stuff done. Right. Because not only are they it, talking themselves out of it. Exactly. But allowing everybody else to talk them out of it. Yeah. Too. And that was another thing that he had that had advised me on was uh, he said, you th he's like, the way you do this is the way you do everything. So this is just you writing the show and getting it to sell it is how you're going to do your whole life. So how are you going to do your life, right? Because we could be selling mops and you're going to, the same obstacles you're going to come to at the table or, you know, in front of a producer is the same way you're going to confront your client, you know, or the manufacturer or whatever. And he's like, and you're never actually doing the thing that you think you're doing. What you're doing is managing your mind and managing everybody else. You think you're going for this, but this one's having a day and this one's affected in this and this one's going and feeling unwell. And it's like, so we got to do this. And then you have to know how to control yourself and be there for the other person, having that experience, knowing it's going to pass, but helping also being supportive. So you're like helping manage minds is what you're really doing as a team. And then, then y'all get back on to the same path. And then another wind will blow in this direction and that direction. And that was what was the most exciting for me in this process was seeing myself show up, seeing myself stop and like pay attention to what needed to be done. Or if I was having a moment being able to say, I can't do it today or, um, this is overwhelming. I'm not hearing you anymore. I'm dissociating. That thing triggered me, you know, some other deep thing. I'm just going to go for 15 minutes. I'll be right back. And everybody's like, oh, okay. Now this person doesn't think he's wrong. This one doesn't think she, you know, fucked the whole thing up. Like, it was very beautiful how life gave me this gift yeah. to be able to exercise and see my power in, yeah. this, in this show and from start to finish. It's amazing. I think I, I think I really deal mostly with my own mind, managing my own mind. And then the idea of 
also having to manage other people's minds too. That's when you see like a great director, a great producer, or like a CEO who runs a top notch business right. are, are, are just able to not have their BS get in the way and right. like be able to cut through everyone else's BS too. And it's almost like a magical state, you know, yeah. seeing somebody really good at that. I know. And then like imagine like running a company with all those people and all that energy at once. Like you have to be able to be like Neo, the Matrix. Yeah. To see the vision. Slowing down the bullets. Right. Having the camera spin around so you see every angle. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you, Nadine. Yeah, thanks, E. Um, is there anything in literal terms or dietary stuff that you follow that you think would be interesting to share with us? Like, do you do you eat lectins and gluten and all of that fun stuff? I've stopped eating gluten. Really? Not completely. I'll still fall if I'm really hungry and it's there and like delicious. Yeah. Um, but yes, my Pilates instructor has me first step just. Let's get gluten free. Okay. 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 Um, no, nothing else. I've really I ordered I ordered from a food uh, delivery service. Yeah. So that I can have food because if I get too hungry, I overeat, and it's better to just have a meal there that I already know is low calorie yeah. that's available. So I did do that for myself. Yeah. Um, that just came in. So. I think I'm, and I just started to back up with my Pilates instructor. So those are the things that I'm doing. Right. But it's not crushing like from season one to season two of My Name is Earl where you're like, I'm just not going to eat and I'm going to kill myself in the gym. I can't even do that anymore. And it's just going to be torture. Thank God it's not that. That's not fun. It's so not fun. No. And I don't think you really get anything out of it at the end of the day because you're <laughs> you're chasing something that's unattainable at that point. You know? Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Really. Gracias. <laughs> and now for the Q&A. Protein intake when overweight. This question comes from David. I am 35 years old, 5'11", and 302 pounds. I, like you, have tried every diet in the book and am now realizing it is as simple as caloric deficit. My question is, how much protein should I eat? I am following a 2,500-calorie diet, working out six days a week with three cardio, three home dumbbell workouts. I have lost weight in the past with keto, but now looking back, I lost a lot of muscle mass. I was still fat at 220, just less, no muscle definition, not a sustainable diet for me. Great question, David. So the rule of thumb I always follow, or I have been following, um, because I had a very similar thing. I was doing keto, I was losing weight, no muscle was showing up. And I started getting DEXA scans and I would notice um, consistently that I was losing about 40%. 40% of my weight loss was in muscle. And I'm not talking about like in one month, I lost 10 pounds and four of it was muscle. I'm talking about over the course of a year, I got four DEXA scans and had lost 70 pounds and 40% of that was muscle. And so my idea at that point was I was relatively close to my goal. I, I didn't have I, I what I, my body fat percentage was not in excess of what kind of like standard American body fat percentages were at the time. But I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could just target fat loss and not lose any lean tissue and then have some excess muscle to fill out my loose skin? That was what I wanted. And so I went on a diet that was basically calorie based. And within that, I, the first thing I would figure out is my protein and I would eat one to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of weight, total pound, total body weight. So at 302 pounds, I would have been eating a minimum of 302 grams of protein. And then, uh, you know, we go uh, a gram of protein is is 
uh, worth four calories. And so that's 1200 calories. So then you have uh, another, if you're on a 2500 calorie diet, you have another 1300 calories to kind of divvy up between fat and carbohydrates. Kind of, you can even play with those and figure out what helps you the most in the gym or, or what ratio in those makes you feel the best. You know, from what I've read, you shouldn't ever be under 10% calories in either of those. So if your total caloric intake is 2,500 calories, you're going to want at least 250 from all of those macros, protein, carbohydrates, and fats. So if you're going to go low fat, you still want 250 calories from fat minimally. I think that's probably even a little too low, but like that's the minimum for health from what I've read. Um, that's not my recommendation, but you know, if you feel better when you have a little bit more carbohydrates, then you can have, uh, you can split it 60, 40 carbohydrates to fat or 70, 30 carbohydrates to fat, your remaining calories. That is my answer for you, David. Thank you for your question. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.